The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. We're going to be starting our 10th year with Voice America, World Talk Radio, and all of our syndication of uh, where we are airing Apple, iTunes, and more. I want you to know how much I have enjoyed it. Um, years ago, when I was said, asked if I'd like to have my own radio talk show, and I've always said that the platform that I have given and my my investors have given in what we do with biologic aqua research is the fact that the world took for granted. The United Nations, politicians, and everyone took for granted out there the issue of why water is the power of life. It's the power. It's, the, it's everything about your life. And I'm going to never stop reminding you and any scientists that are listening, physicians, people in the medical field, people walking our planet to live every day thinking that you're electing and you're supporting leaders out there in positions to protect you. I found they're not at the, at the most serious issue is water. And in the United States, during the political arena, let's call it, during these debates and political topics, did they ever emphasize on water in the question in every single debate? No. Does the United Nations emphasize water? No. Our, our administrations all over the world, are they prioritizing water like our forefathers did, their forefathers and their countries did? Water was always the priority thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, that if without the water... The city wouldn't thrive, the village wouldn't, the community wouldn't thrive. There'd be no economy. And what has happened here is disastrous. It can be overturned. It can be turned around to make it the priority issue number one. Not number two, not, not, not your paycheck yet, not who's running and who has a business that they don't agree with, not who's been doing what with the banks, not who's been doing with terrorism, not who's been doing with all the issues that they're talking about that they're disagreeing with and personality uh, tricks with each other to see who can outwit each other like a sparring. Like go, two lawyers going into a courtroom battling and they walk out. They were battling against each other. The judge was in the middle. 
they all walk out and go out to a party that night because they know each other so well. They just act it. They just do a spar. They scrimmage. They tackle. They sack. May the best one figure out the tone of words and the description to use. When it comes time for water, there is nothing more important ever on the planet. For the planet to exist for ever, for your health issues. Now, here's where I come from. Because the body is 70% water. And each of those organs, your blood, your kidneys, your liver, your heart, your brain, your bones, your teeth, everything about you is made up in each one of those organs with a certain amount of water. And that water has to relate to the other organ so it doesn't over-evaporate through the body and causes severe dehydration to death. The body's water table is a very unique individual. The once the baby is born and leaves the pocket of water and enters into the air of water vapor that keeps you alive, that invisible water in the air that is what keeps you alive. You enter into that air. You're no longer in the water pocket of water with your mother in that little cave. You entered into the air to be alive, kept alive by the water vapor, but you get it again immediately to evaporate. The skin tries to hold it back. The organs are trying to hold it. They're trying, but only you can figure out how to slow it down. There are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, everything. You even have a little different look than somebody else. Have you ever noticed that? What do you think was causing it? It's just unmind-boggling how we've all took that for granted until I started studying it. I'm the only person bringing this all out all over the planet. I go to different countries. I own patents about dry eye. Now, what is dry eye? Years and years ago, about 13 years ago, I had ophthalmology research come to me and say, would you study dry eye the way you have the skin? Because you were worried about melanoma and a severe evaporation of the body causing dehydration, and melanoma will be is out of control because you found out now melanoma can get in the liver, it can get in the brain, it can get in. It's not only in the skin, it can be in the eyes, it can be anywhere through that body. You found out about melanoma. It's not just in the skin. What is, that, what is melanoma? Over-evaporation of your body causing a severe dehydration to severe symptoms that could cause you death. Okay. The eyes are in the same situation with symptoms. The nature of your eye, when that baby is born, you open your eyelid in that delivery room, and the eyes must have an electrolytic charge with the water vapor to maintain 99% water at the surface. Nature provided you a tear film to protect you from over-evaporation. But vision impairment, allergies, fatigue, stress, wearing glasses, all the way to blindness is because of the over-evaporation of that serious tear film. That's what it is. Now, I know there's a lot of medication sold, making billions of dollars, trying to help you solve your over-evaporation 
to severe dehydration of the, of the tear film. But guess what? When they brought me to the table, I showed them that with a supplement of assisting the water vapor of the air with a mist, with a, a, a just a mist, to supplement the humidity of the eyes to support slowing down that water vapor is the key to the symptom. Now, in the womb, the brain and the eyes begin to form at the same moment. Same moment, the brain has 80 to 85% water. The eyes at the surface are 99% water. If your electrolytic ability to support the surface of the eyes, you're not able to support that with enough supplementation and to cause you an enormous amount of stress, even probably to anger, and maybe even to an addiction problem eventually is because the brain has to go on overload. The stress it's causing you by not maintaining the body's water table is vital. I say on this show, every show, there are five things you must learn to do. One, you have to learn to breathe in the water vapor through the nose and let it out, exhale through the mouth. Breathe in, let it out. That's letting the toxin out. That's breathing in, letting the toxin out. Number two, drinking water in 24 hours a day, you must, depending upon your personal individuality, drink at least eight full glasses of water a day. And drink each one of them all at once because it will then have a chance to absorb and make a decision to help you out. Don't you make the decision by sipping. Drink the whole glass at once. Let it absorb. Let it make a decision. Number three, we're learning more about nutrition. In the medical field, you'll hear the physician, scientists, and leaders of that world out there like myself. It is vital what you eat. What you eat is who you are. What you eat is your evaporation. What you eat is how you're dehydrating. It's your mental capabilities. It's the health of your whole body of what you're eating. We're all guilty of not always eating the way we should. I am just as guilty sometimes as everybody else. I'll find myself getting exhausted and forgetting. I'll find myself being distracted and forgetting about what I need to do. We all do it, but then you have to do a kicker and think, oh, my God, I'm not feeling quite myself. I'm overly exhausted. I'm under a little more stress. I better start eating some more vegetables, fresh fruits, and things that don't cause me to be so fatigued. I mean, not things, foods that don't cause me more fatigue. Salty potato chips, candy, sweets, carbohydrates, and glucose cause you fatigue. They run you down. They over-evaporate you. Always remember that. They over-evaporate you. The next one, moderate exercise. If you're an athlete, learn in between your exercise and your practices, moderate. Slow that evaporation down. Number five, sleeping is like the earth has slept forever. The only way you can rejuvenate the body is sleeping healthy properly. Don't expect the pillow to do all the work. You need to decide before you go to bed how you're going to find your own C 
secret to sleeping. Don't do it somebody else's way. Find your way. If you wake up in the middle of the night, find your method of going back to sleep. Brief, deep breathing exercises to go back to sleep are unbelievably a miracle. A miracle. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out several times until you think you can now decide how to go back to sleep. It works every time. During the day when you're busy with your activities, always stop to think about what you're doing as a water advocate, as a pilgrim, to stress the fact that you know no one could live without the water vapor of the air. Earth began with water vapor around the planet before water came to the planet. Always remember the water on the planet and those political people that are elected, your officials. Look what happened in Flint, Michigan, in the United States of America. Look what's happening all over the world. Those pipes, they're cutting budgets for their own reasons, to put priorities into other reasons. They should always have the priority of your safety, your welfare, and your health and your generations to come. Because if you're not healthy and the water is affecting you, it'll affect your health and your generations to come just the way it is. So water must be a priority. And that's why the pilgrimage and the mission of water, power of water, and water life science. Today we have a very exciting guest. Her name is Jill Vanderwood. She's an author, author and, a, and she has a book, What's It Like Living Green? We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Missed. Nature Tears I Missed is going to be sold in China in the spring. Everybody's excited. We met with the government scientists of China and the research, the pharmaceutical group that's launching it. They're going to, they're very excited about Nature Tears I Missed with just a mist of tissue culture grade of 100% water to be the application to supplement the eyes for dry eye and the complaints of dry eye and allergies and burning eyes and itching eyes and vision impairment in China. We're going to be launching this spring and be looking for it on your e-commerce to see, find where, you're, where you can find it. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist, and we'll be back with Jill Vanderwood. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jill, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, thank you for joining us, and I will tell the audience about uh, your background. Jill Danderwood is an author and speaker from Utah. She's best known for her award-winning nonfiction books, What's It Like Living Green, Kids Teaching Kids, By the Way They Live and Drugs Make You Unsmarter, and you, you've co-authored with your teenage granddaughter, Savannah Peterson. This book is the winner of the Mom's Choice Awards. You're an active fundraiser. You're taking an environmental and literacy your activist there, and along with your husband, who's professional Santa Claus, which is exciting, with hundreds of children, uh, and during the Christmas season, you both have that relationship. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, setting your other information, you grew up in Oregon? Yes. Yeah, whereabouts? Um, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I'm one of 11 children. Aha. Uh-huh. And what high school did you go to? I went to Grant High School. Mm-hmm. And I went to I was... Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an Oregonian. <laughs> born. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a born Oregonian? I was, yes. Some, yeah. some of my ancestors were some of the first settlers. Oh, my. In the north part of Oregon? I'm down in southern Oregon, in Grants Pass, Oregon. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't live in Oregon anymore, but I left probably right after high school, but we usually go back uh-huh. in the summertime. Uh-huh. And then how did you get to writing books? I noticed you it said that you don't really, you're not into fiction books. You love nonfiction books. Is that correct? Well, I have written fiction as well. I started out with fiction, and I'm still going kind of back and forth a little bit with my fiction because mm-hmm. kids in the schools really love the fiction as well. But yeah. um, I really like to pick a topic that I'm interested in and, and research it and find people that also have an interest in it and you know bring the viewpoints together in my mm-hmm. books. Now, why did you choose a Living Green? Well, I was part of the first Earth Day in Portland, Oregon, and I decided one day I heard them talking on the news about Earth Day, and they were saying things about it, and I started thinking, wonder, I wonder if we've made a big difference since that first Earth Day. And I woke up the next morning, and I thought, I'm going to write a book about this. And Mm -hmm. I thought the children would be the ones to talk to, see what they're Uh doing for the environment. And so I started researching and trying to find kids who started environmental organizations. And I um, talked to them and got their stories and families who were living green and put all the stories together and information together in this book. And I kind of knew what the book was going to look like. When I started it, and I kind of knew what type of people I wanted to interview, and then it all just mm-hmm. came together real easily t- for me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. There is, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, children are the way to go. Um, but 
issues and advocacies and pilgrimages because they're always anxious to learn. They're very open to uh, what has been, what is, what is important, and what is necessary. And there's a new um, millennial out there that's really fascinating to me. I, I'm finding them... Uh, very much like an era of how I grew up. I'm, in, I'm 74, Jill. And okay. I found myself way back in time, we were very advocates about diseases and nature and, and what had to be done and, and uh, how to accomplish those things. And the youth were the ones that did it. And even though they, we had contributions from the other, uh, our parents and adults out there, uh, companies out there, there were a lot of companies to help. Nowadays, we don't have as many companies and communities to help us. Uh, those communities are out of business, or there's not very many of them. They're all big com- corporations located someplace else, giving to the bigger picture, not down to the community. Do you remember, Jill, and the communities when those companies would really contribute to kids what they did? Because there were so many small little companies, uh, businesses, and communities in those days. Oh, yeah. They could yeah. W- well afford it, well afford it. And nowadays, uh, that's lost right now for a while. But uh, you're right about the children. Now, the book now, so that it's a lot of interviews with the children and their families of what they do and uh, to live green and what they think should be done to even improve uh, people's outlooks to be thinking green. Yeah. Is that that book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, with the children, where did you do a lot of your interviews? Mostly in Utah, or did you get around the United States to do it? Um, no, they weren't mostly in Utah. Um, I was contacting people that I found on the Internet, and then other people were. I contacted a woman who I saw that was running a green business in Hawaii, and then she decided that she would help me. So she uh, put it out on the green business loop, and she, all these people that owned green businesses were coming to me with different things, and whatever they seemed to be their strong point, like one lady was really into free cycle, where you um, give away free something that you don't need anymore. And so I had her write about that with her family, and then somebody else would contact me about, that they were interested in recycling them all. So I'd have them write about that. Mm-hmm. And it just kept on snowballing. And I would have people that I didn't even know how they found out about me or the book, and they mm-hmm. were saying, I'll do anything to be in this book. Uh-huh. What can I do? And so I got their uh-huh. stories, and I, to this day, I don't no, know how, how, many, how many pages to the book. <laughs> oh, let's see. I think it's... Probably close to two. It's about 150, I think. Uh, I was going to say it had to go over 100. <laughs> Not quite 150. Uh-huh. And how long did well, it take we, you to write your book? Uh, I think about eight months. Not not uh-huh. a whole year. Probably not as long as you thought it might have if these people weren't no, coming because forward. because I was having the help from the other people, too. Right. And then I hired an artist, and I in each section I have a frog, and it says, take a green leap. And where the frog mm-hmm. comes Cute. in, he's telling wherever there's tips what they can do for each topic, the frog mm-hmm. will tell you to take a green leap and then give you suggestions. Okay, that's cute. I like that. 
sounds kind of like a coffee table book. I, I've always called uh, books that are unique like that, that person could lay it down on a table in the house and hopefully people will pick it up and look at it. You could read a little bit at a time or read it with sure. your family and, yeah. and then it will give you ideas what you can do after you've read it. Now, that. on the people that were helping you with the book, did you get a lot of children or did you get they were mostly other quote, uh, adult, uh, older people? There were some older people that told what they were doing with their families and then mm-hmm. I had um, kids that would tell me, for instance, mm-hmm. I had Devin Green, and she had started her own recycling business when she was only five years old, and mm-hmm. she had over a hundred recycling um, companies coming to her. I mean, companies that she would recycle all of their products for them. Oh, and she was oh I love money. She became an entrepreneur. Yes. Oh, and I then like when that. her sister was old enough, she brought her sister into it. So they call it Devin's Healed the World recycling, and then they added her sister, so they said, Devin's healed the world, and Jesse too. Oh, cute. Now, how old are they? Now they're, I think Jesse probably is out of high school, and uh-huh. um, Devin is married now. So this book has been out for about six years, so. Oh, okay. Isn't that, ex- I just love this, I just love that story of those entrepreneurs, uh, getting out there and getting the world with a mission, like a pilgrim, to do something at a cause. Yes, they could make money. They need to make money to keep the pilgrimage moving, but um, they're out there with a cause, thinking, knowing they're making something better for other people and uh, getting some excitement going with people, feeling like they're living with the nature of the earth when you're doing that. Uh, people can feel yes. such a part of the earth. It's like walking with the earth when you're doing that. We have Ryan's fact, well that could be another name of your book. <laughs> Jill, that could be another book for you to write, Walking yes. Here. <laughs> Ryan, um, had you heard about Ryan Hurlchick? And he's from no. Canada. He started his own organization called Ryan's Well Organization. And mm-hmm. when he was seven years old, he donated towards a clean water well in Africa. And he just kept doing it. Now there's... He's helped people in 16 countries to get fresh water. Yeah, we've had different ones on to that. And one out of uh, New Jersey, a young man, he went back to India. His family was originally from India, and he couldn't believe what is happening. Did you know that India is the worst country on the planet with supplying water to their their population and culture and culture? So he decided to come back, and his school began what's called tube wells. And uh, they began these tube wells. It cost $1,000 a piece. And then, but we brought on a lot of people when they go into countries and start up um, entrepreneurship in the villages with the women, how to run a water company. They make, help them get the water. They teach them how to run it and That's protect great. it and, and keep it quality controlled. And, uh, yeah, I, I love those stories. In fact, um, I would would you send to Polly uh, the name of that if you know where to find it uh, there in Canada because it would be nice to have him on the show. Sure. Um, You've probably heard me talking before the, we brought you on. 
it, it, water is, you know, what is life on the planet? What is living green with life on the planet? Water is the priority of every moment of breath of life is water to live green. For some reason, people find all these other things much more important to them or much more intriguing to them than water. But the water issues are out of control. And uh, I was, it was suggested that I be part of the United Nations with a committee. And about a year ago, I went in and did work kind of toward it. And then out of the clear blue sky, I said, I think I'm going to have my own committee, my own pilgrimage with my team all over the world that I have because they're physicians or scientists, people in technology, because something went wrong here, Jill. Water is in a crisis. Yes, it is. It's a crisis. Definitely. And, you know, here in the United States, we're listening to a lot of, uh, you know, don't misunderstand me, but I say people who think they're so smart, they know how to do everything, they've ran a business, They've had all these people to work with and employees. They've gone out and done a little bit of everything except for maybe, yes, running a business or being an entrepreneur. But they never discussed with all of that brilliance. All of them have been so smart to accomplish so much and be in these committees to have made decisions on all of our livelihoods. Never do you hear about really water. No, we should be. Should be hearing about it. We should be hearing, and then they talk about climate change. Uh, Jill, climate change means the beginning of time, this, the planet Earth in the solar system had the sun and the moon and the stars and all of that galaxy come around it. But around the planet Earth, there was a, this water vapor clear around it. They called it the blue planet because the water vapor circled the whole planet. Well, then something changed in the climate for the water vapor to begin to evaporate because of temperature. So as it evaporated and that droplet of water came out of that vapor, it began to come down slowly and surely for billions of years. Well, all of a sudden came a planet Earth with life. Because of water. A baby is born from water. Earth's nature. All of a sudden, the baby baby is kept alive with water vapor in the air. What is climate change is the temperature in that vapor that needs to be influenced by water on the surface of the planet. If we change the surface water table of fresh water, that's going to change the temperature of the water vapor. The body water is, human body is water. If that water in the vapor is changed and is not recycling through the body of the individual life and coming through the skin, recycling into the water vapor and going back and forth, recycling, the individual's body water is going to be over-evaporating per person because no two people evaporate the same. No two eyes alike, fingerprints, and more. We even have a little different... What, is, what are people learning about that, Jill? Nothing. I think that some of the politicians are even denying that that's happening. So that's not teaching See, well, anybody. You know, what it, you know what I think it might be, Jill? 
lack of real common sense education. They're, the foundation groups, the grant groups, all those volunteer groups are making tons and tons of money. As people, people are confused. They don't understand. When I go in to speak someplace, you could hear a pinfall. The very intellectual scientists all the way down to schools. You could hear a pinfall. They never thought of it that way. That's such common sense. You don't have to be too smart to even understand that. But green, living green, um, means that you love our planet. That we're loyal to the planet, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it means that we give of ourselves to live the nature of the planet with the faith and God, uh, will of what other faith, because all the faiths began way back thousands of years ago knowing that with the water and the energy and the air of the air we're living in to breathe, there would be no green and there would be no life. But don't go anywhere. We're going to come back and you're going to teach us about your books, your other books, and we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Jill, and they'll be right back with you. All right. Anywhere. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears. I missed. We just missed. I know you brush your teeth. We learned how to do that. You learned how to drink water. You're learning how to wear the proper clothes for your health and wellness. You've learned how to sleep, and you're learning how lots of supplementations in your life. But you didn't know that ophthalmologists have endorsed by thousands worldwide. Nature's Tears Eye Mist to supplement now your eyes so that water vapor of the air that is supposed to give you the supplementation, if you're not getting the enough for your, you individual, you could have a dry eye complaint. That's called fatigue. That's called allergies or burning or itching or wearing glasses all the way to potential maybe blindness. To slow that down, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a supplement of tissue culture grade water. So simple, so easy, and it works. We have millions of people that will use it, cannot live without it. We have people who are blind in their homes being able to use it, get around in their homes to build up the electrolytic energy of the water vapor to the electrolytic energy of the tear film at the surface of the eye that is 99% water. Well, listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back with Jill Vanderwood, who is an author of the book Living Green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. News. 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 Opinion. 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 Opinion
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleiner Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jill, uh, some of your other books that you've written, uh, also, I wanted to be sure and mention them. You've got on here uh, Kids Teaching Kids. No, that's the and same book. That is the, that's same, the book. same book. Okay. What's it like living green, kids teaching kids by the way they live? That's all one book. Okay, and then you got Drugs Make You Unsmarter. You co-authored yes. that with your granddaughter. Yes, you know, there's a new movement because of uh, Donald Trump, who's running for president, keeps bringing up this drug problem. Um, and I happened to pick up on that when one of the um, uh, debates. The drug problem is out of control. And when we started hearing about New Hampshire and, and, of course, every state, even in our area of Southern Oregon, it's out of control. Um, what, did you, what did you and your granddaughter learn? Well, my granddaughter was raised in a family where there were drugs being um, brought into the home by her older brother, and her mom was working, so she wasn't aware of the partying that was going on. And then my granddaughter was also also had a father who was in prison for drug-related crimes, so she had this all around her. And the influence that most kids have usually comes from school, but her influence was even in her own home where people were knocking on her bedroom door and saying, come and try this drug with us. So right. she wanted to tell kids that even though you're around drugs, you don't have to be part of this. Even if it's in your family, you don't have to be this part of this problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, now that Nancy lot- Reagan, excuse me for interrupting real quickly, um, Nancy Reagan just passed away this weekend, and she was one of those that supported Say No. Um, yes. Yeah, um, and that started so far back, but look how out of control it is. Jill, it's yes, out of control. It. You know, I often... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And did you know they want to make that legalized in the United States? What? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a uh, up in Upper New York, a, a mayor uh, fellow who would like to say it's like marijuana. Well, if you can't beat it, join it, get it under some type of re- whatever, regulate, whatever, and legalize it. Yes. Oh, that's crazy. It, well, this country, I keep looking at the world. Is uh, what's what happened here is we did get away from the nature of our lives. We got into chemicals to be a quick fix. Now that became my study so far back because I could see where the, why people were uh, under uh, stress because the pill they may have taken may not have agreed with them and they didn't know it. And that pill can change your body's water evaporation to over-excel, over, uh, to, to go on overload. See, whenever you have a swelling in the body at all 
or you've gained some weight wherever around the body, kind of notice that that water behind there is on overload and that water is so dehydrated and that spot over-evaporating is going on overload to try to pick up the rest of the body. So it swells up. It's not all with the word fat. It can be a swelling of the body. Uh, Particular medications, uh, even I would say maybe inoculations, uh, different types of sh- uh, of uh, the different things that the baby may have had w- w- that are today mandatory, you're supposed to be regulations to have them, maybe didn't agree with that baby. You don't know. Yes, and probably is true. We, oh, it is. And it's no different than why maybe you could eat a chocolate and somebody else can't, or maybe you're allergic to milk and somebody else isn't. Everybody has a different reaction to what goes into the body and begins to cause that evaporation to overexcel. That's why I can't you have gluten, so that's one of mine. Okay, there you go. There's a, they found a lot of people say, well, they're making a lot of money with gluten-free products. No, 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 no. I know people who would be dead today if they didn't figure out how to get away into that gluten-free because they couldn't live a normal life and they were just about ready to collapse. Yes. And we're all that, we all have that uniqueness because there are no two fingerprints alike, no two eyes alike. We're all a little different. We all have a uniqueness. And it's all that evaporation of body water coming from in the body, through the skin, detoxification, recycling with the vapor and the air. So back to drugs. These kids are not being educated because they're seeing their parents and their grandparents taking a lot of medication, too, and a lot of vitamins and alcohol, mm-hmm. now marijuana. What's the future going to look like? Because they're even legalized marijuana. And they made it into know. food. I'm sure a lot of people want that legal, though. Oh, my. And you know why? To make money with taxes, because they can tax them and make money. Not thinking about it could blow up the whole planet. Because your life and your health, your wellness, depends upon your outlook on life and how you want to take care of your health, not to be uh, find crutches to do it. Now, on some people, they do need a medication to survive because there's a medication that will work for them. Hopefully, it's mild. I've often said they should include a naturopath with their circle of doctors so the naturopath can weigh in on how healthy it really is so you can get another view of the difference between the medical doctor who's prescribing chemicals and and formulations of medicine to what might be another alternative to add to it. So I always try to recommend people looking at nature paths to add to the loop of your doctors for your consulting. And did you notice I just said, you need a consulting group of doctors to run your life with your logbook so you're not depending upon one doctor to make all your decisions. Ask questions and manage your health that with a logbook. But now, you're, how, is your grand, how is your granddaughter doing? Uh, is she, how old is she now? She's almost 21. Oh. Mm-hmm. She survived her teenage years, and she's doing pretty good. She's on her own now. 
doing pretty good. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Now, now her father never the... changed. Her father came back out of well, prison, he, and he, he actually stole from her. So, yeah, they get addiction is addiction, Jill. Yes. In fact, that's something in research and science we're studying around the world of scientists. It, the individual is not born to want to be addicted and have a life run that way. They get caught up in, it's almost like a PTS, post-trauma syndrome of the body who they're caught up with. How did they know their body was going to be craving something that you don't know what is craving? And all of a sudden, because drugs can be in a group of people, why is it one person becomes so addicted and then the other kids who tried it weren't moved on in their lives and they didn't become addicted? There's a, there, and I had a, a, from Mayo Clinic, I had a scientist on here uh, who said the prisons are full of people who have bad eyes. They didn't even know they had bad eyes that cause you to become addictive too. Hmm. So, yeah, um, there's things to learn that they haven't gone after, which we are. Um, and, uh, but again, that, uh, your, your granddaughter, I'd love to have her on the show sometime. And we could have maybe a couple of other kids on the show that have come through. Maybe we could have something where it goes, because we're on Apple iTunes, too, that maybe we can kind of do a communication out there with algorithm to get kids to come in and listen to that show and have one um, on on addiction and your, how you're subjected to it and how you say no and how you don't even want to try it. Don't try it once because you don't know. It's kind of like jumping over a cliff. If you jump over a cliff once, you might get away with it. But can you jump over the cliff and get away with it again? You never should take a chance with anything that you think that your body will not, could become addicted to or not agree with. It's kind of like eating a red hot pepper, knowing it's going to react to you because the mouth's going to get hot. Well, alcohol, drugs, marijuana, uh, medications that are prescribed, you don't know. You don't know. No, you don't. Nope. It's hard to get away from it once you're addicted. If you're addicted, that is the craving. It's kind of like on the show, Jill, many times I've said to our guests, and I'll ask you, do you have anything that you eat that you can't have just one? You've got to have more than one. What do you eat, Jill, if that way? It's probably chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. Uh, I had a person one time, many people say ch- chips or chocolate. This one person said, Sharon, what do you mean? <laughs> and I said, what is it, Howard, that you only have one? You can't have just one. He said, I don't think there's anything. And then I said, come on, come on, there's not one? Oh, I guess I do. And then um, if I eat one, I have to eat the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> so the body craves that. Why is it? You're not making that decision. Have you ever noticed you crave it? Oh, yeah. So I have oh, to yeah. stay away from it for a while so I won't crave it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way, Joe. I am identical. I, uh, and during uh, Christmas time with all those fun pastries and oh, chocolate yeah. and, oh, my gosh. It's, uh, well, I, I learned years ago, if you, if you cheat, and do something like that. Drink a ton of water after that day. <laughs> but in your book, did you mention anything about water? Oh, yes. Plenty of things. I can give some water tips just 
quick for families that want to know what. You'd be surprised how many families don't even know this. So um, take shorter showers, get a low-flow shower head, turn off the water while brushing your teeth, um, wear your clothes more than once unless they're really oh, yeah. oiled. Right. And only run the dishwasher when it's full. And then one right. family puts a bucket in their shower to catch all the water while you're trying to warm it up. And then they use the water to flush the toilet or water the garden. That's a good one. That's a good one. In fact, here I've been studying water for over 30 years. I'm known as a water advocate. If you type in water advocate, I'm known worldwide. Here I come. Top. But, you know, I probably should do that in the shower. I never thought about it. Um, to put something big, like a large something in the shower to collect that water before I get in. Because I always yeah. get the shower kind of steamy first, and I put a towel at the top of the, uh, the open spot at the shower so I get a little steam out of it to open the pores and get a healthier shower. Uh-huh. So, but there's another one that I, you need to add. Have you ever noticed in families that the kids want to use a towel, a different towel, every time they oh, take a yeah. bath or a shower? They don't yeah. need to do that. They can have their own assigned towel. And by the way, I've, I've said to everybody, because I've studied the skin organ, if you only used one wash rag for a few days at a time, it, the pH of your own skin goes into that wash rag. And when you wash your complexion or your skin, that pH stays in there to protect your, your own pH in the wash rag. So don't let anybody else use your wash rag. And then use your own use your own towel and don't have to wash it every time. It can go for a few days without being That's washed. That's what my family does, yes. I didn't think of that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the idea of the, the brushing the teeth, <laughs> excuse me, is a wonderful master one because they don't have to, uh, to keep the water running to brush your teeth, no. 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 But there is another one when they go to rinse the mouth, uh, you know, they need to brush their tongue. People forget that the tongue always need to brush the tongue to keep that tongue clean uh, when you are going, getting ready to rinse off the, spit out the toothpaste and brush that tongue. Keep that tongue clean. Don't let it get corroded. So what are some of the other things you can teach us today? Um, the greenhouse gases are produced by different things that we're doing in our environment, and this is what's destroying the planet and causing the global warming. So some of the things that kids can do is turn off the lights, the TV, and the computer when they're not using them. Walk, ride your bike or the bus whenever you can. Plant Mm -hmm. trees because the trees absorb carbon dioxide, and they Mm -hmm. also store water. And recycle mm-hmm. cans, plastic, newspapers, and save the trash from the landfills, um, and it saves energy um, mm-hmm. used to produce these products. Because if you're recycling, then they don't have to keep re- producing these products. And mm-hmm. buy recycled or recyclable products. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. you can um, give your clothes away. Um, don't throw them in the landfill if you're not wearing them anymore, give them to somebody else or put them on free cycle. Mm-hmm. And then conserving energy for your house, you can 
close the curtains at night, and this keeps your home warmer, and you can wear sweaters um, around the house instead of turning up the heat, and use extra blankets on your bed. That's that's a really good one, too, because uh, people don't forget forget that you can wear warmer clothes. You don't have to have that thermostat that high. And uh, and then I'm, I'm also telling people that when you have air conditioning and too warm in the winter, your body is going to over-evaporate, by the way. I can see where humidity in some states is so bad, they need that air conditioning. But the air conditioning is very harmful to the body and, and uh, forced air heating and cooling, uh, very harmful. It causes a severe dehydration. In fact, it's something I learned, Jill, with my research is that when we decided to insulate the windows and walls, and not uh, and, and not allow that water in the atmosphere to be healthy. Um, it became stagnant. Stagnant. Then all of a sudden, they invented a new way to make money with re, with forced air heating and cooling. Well, people became adjusted and loved that forced air heating. Well, the body. Look at the symptoms of the body today, Jill. How many diseases are out of control? And then we have in our fabric, the air is stagnant. There's not enough moisture in the air that's healthy, indoor condition, very unhealthy. Then we have indoors because we, in modern times, like to buy a lot of things. So to mass produce a mass volume of products, they started using chemicals to mass produce them. Besides, of course, a lot of water, but a lot of chemicals are in everything indoors because of mass production. So our lives, again, uh, because of our expectations. But we only have a minute left. Just tell our audience how to find you and how to find your book. Okay. This book is called What's It Like Living Green? Kids Teaching Kids by the Way They Live. And you can find it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And you can find me at JillVanderwood.com. That's V-A-N. D-E-R-W-O-O-D, and I have several books on there that you can look at, and they're mostly for children and young adults, and then I also have one adult book that's called Shaking Behind the Microphone, so you can find me on my website. Yeah, that Shaking Behind the Microphone reminded me of the first time I got in front of a group as a young person. And, oh, I just made a mess of it. From there on, I decided I was not going to think about it. I was just going to do it and not make it so serious. (laughs) But we wish you well. You tell your granddaughter, I'd like to have my program director, Polly, get a hold of you to get a hold of her. And I'd like to have a special show with more than one person on the show describing uh, drugs and addiction and how to say no. Tell her I said hello. And God bless you both. Okay, thank you. You have a nice day. And be well. to be on your show. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, Bonnie, my secretary, looked up some articles on why we need water. Look that up on the Internet. When you look up on the Internet, why do we need water? Why do, uh, uh, on Earth, why does the individual need water? Why does the Earth need water? What a water shortage causes so that, for water. Look those articles up. You're going to be excited about it. I think Jill Vanderwood has a good 
uh, really exciting books about, it sounds like she took a different position, how to approach how you could be learning more about teaching your children and yourself about the living green of living nature on our planet Earth. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, every guest we've had for all these 10 years have been such special people with missions. Embrace them, embrace your life, embrace somebody else's life. It's that important. It's that important to you and to the person around you. But Earth does whisper, don't say goodbye. Earth is saying, leave something for all the children of the generations to come that you were here and that you had something special to leave behind. Thank you for listening. You have a nice day and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 